Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bagging Podcast, episode number 286. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three weeks. Yeah, wow. Right, I uh, fucked up. Uh, three ways. But, you know, we did take a week <laughs> off. I mean, we do come to you, like, usually, like, three weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we take... We, we do... We don't do weekly comic book series. We do them strongly, as Marvel would attest to with... A three-year-old joke now. <laughs> Anyways, talking about him. Three ways. Yep, the first being the Week in Geek. Thanks for saving us. Coming to you with the top geek stories from the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out December 16th, 2015. I still just don't know why I said weeks. But then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. Maybe that's why. That's why. And this week it's time for, uh, it's a John baby. It's our monthly trading policy. And this week we're doing Image Comics spread, the spread. I think it's just spread. I think I was I think it's just spread was... because every time I was looking for the spread, I couldn't yeah, find it. I'm sorry. I screwed that up. But spread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Volume one, hope. Or or, or volume one. Or volume one. Just leave it at that. Yeah. Jen, Jen will tell us later on in the episode. But first, we got very important business to do. It's the holiday season, and that means we need to start drinking some Christmas and or winter-style beers. 60 degrees out. It's time to get into the winter mode. It, it feels like spring outside here in Buffalo. It's ridiculous. Uh, it, it finally kind of feels like fall here in Orlando, too. Like, it's down into the 60s, 70s. So it's, it's comfortable. Like, I can't believe that you guys haven't had any measurable snowfall yet. Yeah, no. yeah. We're setting records. 116 years. We yeah. broke the record. It's crazy. I was going to put a sweater on to come over here, and I, I opened the door, and it's was like, long sleeve shirt it is. Yep. I'm just wearing that awesome uh, Mass Effect uh, thermal that you guys got me. For uh, Christmas and/or my birthday one year, and it was uh, it was Chris that did it. Well, you guys, yeah, Chris, <laughs> you, you threw it out there because you didn't remember who gave it to you. I wasn't sure I, if it was a joint. I gift. honestly don't remember when I gave it to you. I think it was Christmas. I don't remember if it was a joint gift or what, because you know these things, for whatever reason, they slap Mass Effect on it and it gets expensive, and they slap on uh, Christmas and sometimes the beer gets a little bit more expensive, right? Uh, yeah, um, and our first beer that we are drinking is. Uh, Flying Bison's local breweries, Blizzard Bach, their dark lager. Um, years ago, we had this, and we always talked about oh, yeah, Blizzard Bach. Yeah, Blizzard Bach's good. We like the Blizzard Bach. Um, this is just watery. Yeah. It's a it's a shadow of what I enjoyed about the Blizzard Bach that I got it, that we had, the first time I had it. Yeah, and it, it was dark, plum, rich. Raisin. Yeah, lots nice, of flavors to it. Nice dark fruits, you know dried dark fruit flavors and this one it's just yeah it's there you get a hint of it but yeah. it's a tease it's 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 a shadow of things that used to be not yeah and yeah. um i was kind of looking forward to this because flying bison's been really on point lately so i figured mm-hmm. like okay they're gonna bring it with this and uh they left it yeah that's yeah because that's kind of been one of those beers from them that we always we appreciate it. Like some of their other stuff, really hit or miss. But Blizzard Box seemed to be the one that was pretty safe, besides the Aviator Red. Yeah, but even the Aviator Red, sometimes we have it, and it's a real strong showing, and sometimes it's watery and pale, and it's it, it's one of the things that I kind of get fed up with for Flying Bison. I feel like they're either they're getting to the shelves too late, and it's like sitting on the shelves too long, and that's what's happening to them, or they're just don't have that kind of quality control at the brewery itself. Like, I don't know what's going on because it's hit or miss. Yeah. And it's and with craft beers, there's too many good ones for me to be... Exactly. Local or not. Yeah. I mean, I I went out to dinner the other night and I had um, Hamburg Brewery and other local breweries IPAs. I had two of them. Like, and that was what was on tap. There was some other stuff and I was like consistently good IPA that I'll sit and enjoy my dinner with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it's just like if you were to give me the option of this, I mean, uh, man, they've been around for, Flying Bison's been around since like the late 90s, late 90s, all, yeah. Aughts, because I remember talking about them during college. Yeah. Like 2002, early college, like 2002, 2003. Yeah, because I remember they were just getting out everywhere when I was 
first legal to drink, and I remember getting an Aviator Red at a bar with my dad, Hmm. and they had just kind of broken in. So, I mean, they've been around for at least 12 to 15 years, and these other startup breweries are better than they are, and they've been around for two. Chris, I heard your beer has yes, a oh. APV, or maybe not, and it's just going down smooth. Uh, it's 8.5%, Woo! and this is uh, from Smutty Nose Brewing, the Smistletoe, a malt beverage with natural flavors of sweet cherry, blackcurrant, and plum added, and then it's aged on oak chips. Ooh. Uh, I think this was like seven ninety nine for the bottle. I went to my beer store trying to see if they had the Founders Project Pam yet, because they told me that they were going to be getting it, but they haven't received it yet. And I was like, oh, well, I'll see if they have that uh, Otter Creek, the Russian Imperial Stout. They didn't have that, so I was like, whatever, I'll find something else. And I grabbed this because I was like, hey, seven ninety nine, good holiday-sounding beer. I don't know. We'll give it a shot. Uh, it's really nice. Um, it it doesn't have the depth of Blizzard Bach, but it has that kind of nice sweetness. Okay. I mean... When you get that kind of like fruit salad sound uh, with the cherries, black currants, and plum, like yeah, uh, I I really like this. I poured myself my pint, I drank half of it, I topped it off, and then I drank half of it again, and then I was like, "What, what was this at?" Because it's like I said before, it goes down really smooth, and then it's eight point five percent. Nice. Um, so, now is this from, good, good showing from Smutty Nose? Is it just Smutty Nose, or is it from Smut Labs? Um, doesn't say Smut Labs, just Smutty so Nose. Has a smutty Nose. I had Smutty Nose's, um, just their winter warmer, their winter seasonal that you would get like in their, um, 12 pack. Um, and it was, I was really let down by it. I mean, you got like a small, very like light hint of cherry and then just tasted like, like a Bach and it wasn't anything really special, which... I'm always kind of surprised when I get a beer from him them that's not just like it's good. It's a good drinkable beer because that's like almost everything from them. Yeah, um, I, I recommend checking this one out. Then if you were let down by that one, it sounds like it's going to hit those same kind of notes, but probably a little bit better for you. Yeah, I don't mean better for you like four out of five doctors agree, but just more suited for you. Uh, no, remember we're making statements like that. So four or five doctors actually. Did say that it's good for you. Yeah, they did come to an agreement. We we don't. And need they to shook d- hands and smoked c- uh, cigarettes. <laughs> we don't need to disclose which doctors we talked to. Could yeah. have been Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know. Could have been Doctor Phil. Could know? have been Doctor Zayas. Yeah. Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Doctor Zayas. Doctor Psycho. All great villains. Doctor Vanko. Doctor Doctor Demento. <laughs> uh, so. Um, this show has no rails right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> one news. Uh, so, sometimes on. Chris works for like a week straight, yeah. and then when he gets on the show, he just doesn't remember how to say things. Hey. That's, that's basically what's happening here. It's okay. It's right, bud. Uh, but we've gotten some first looks uh, at the Wonder Wan, uh, Wonder Wan movie. Wonder, I wonder when we were going to see wonder, that. Wonder, 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 uh, wham, wham. The Wonder Woman movie, and it confirms that it is going to be set during uh, World War One. Um, and we've flashbacks? got we... well, we've gotten shots of Steve Trevor, who's played by Chris mm-hmm. Pine, yep. in the World War One kind of garb. Um, so it could be flashbacks, but it definitely looks like it's going to have a strong connection to okay. uh, World War One. So yeah, we, so we're getting set pictures that are sets built to look like World War One. So we're saying, okay, there's definitely scenes during World War One. Does that confirm that the whole movie's World War One? We, well, we still don't know. We're 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 gleaming. We're that. gleaming, but also like Steve Trevor, Chris Pine is like, you don't just cast Chris Pine mm-hmm. in as like uh, the flashback guy. Yeah, but then again, Man of Steel, half the movie was flashback. Like, every two, you know, you get a little flashback here, and then you get a little bit more story, and then, you know, the yeah, but that climatic was, events at the end of it was all in there, but the, I would say the, good... The flashback stuff was, like, two-thirds. him and his father, yeah. just to set up that... But that's a good two-thirds of that movie, was the flashback I stuff, I wouldn't right? say that much. All right. 
I'm saying it could be heavily flashback <clears throat> from what they do with the DC movies. Which yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking it, at the pictures here, and it, yeah, it definitely seems more like period piece, but it doesn't really give any depth on like how much of it's taking place there. But it might also be just like that. Well, when did you first fall in love? And then her just like, well, and then kind of well, let head, me think about it. Her tilts her head to the side. And by the way, if we ever need a Wonder Woman, <laughs> nominate Chris. Uh-huh. And, and and then the Black Widow from the SNL sketch comes and walks in. Like, what are we doing here? What's this movie? Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's I'm I'm kind of glad that it's it is like more set in a period piece. It's away from the rest of what the you know DC movie universe is. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like that. I like that it's going to be its own thing, which I think it definitely needs to be. Speculation at this point, though, still. They, they, I'm all, all I'm trying to nail down is, did they say, yes, this, this is definitely happening, it, it's all going to be set in World War One. Like, that's all I'm trying to nail down. We're, we we got some set pictures. It's all World War One stuff. So we're saying, it's World War One. I? I, like, I, I'm sorry, I didn't read the article, maybe I should have. Uh, well... To make you... It's one of the things, like, everyone makes, like, those broad sweeping statements where it's like... One Roman one taking place during World War One, like yeah. And here, and here, but it doesn't this, say like this is my sentence to make everybody okay. happy okay. here, Paul. I'm listening. The set pictures confirm that at some point in the Wonder Woman movie, World War One. <laughs> okay. Can we just start calling it World War Wonder Woman because then it's a lot smoother. Ooh, I like it. As long as this is not flash like that flashpoint. World War Wonder Woman. I don't remember that. Yeah, I didn't really follow the Flashpoint stuff just because. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how about this? We'll jump from uh, set pictures, female to- female character from uh, DC, and hop over to Agent Carter Ooh. over there on ABC. Um, their second season will be starting. And actually, it will be pushed back two weeks from when they originally were going to air the show. Uh, and this is because of Obama. <laughs> what? Uh, the president is going to give his yearly um, address. Okay. State of the Union address. Okay. It's uh, not because he came out and proclaimed it. It's not. He was like, I need to see Agent Carter on this day. Uh, guess what? State of the Union address. This issue is uh, Congress invites the president, so it's Congress's fault. Don't right. stop trying to blame Obama <laughs> for Congress's missteps. Uh, Come on. But anyways, they were going to – they wanted to air uh, Agent Carter is taking place in southern Africa, and I cannot be seen in those episodes, so we're going to delay it. Uh, <laughs> if we needed Obama, i nominate Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyways, instead of having playing one or two episodes and then having that break, mm-hmm. they just figured they'd start it two weeks later than what they had thought. Uh, okay. So I just thought it was kind of fun, especially how you can... It's not a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Congress invites the president because it's two separate branches of the government. He, he, the president can't say, hey, yeah, I'm coming and giving a speech at, you know, at Congress. He has to be invited. Yeah, well, I'm, it's Congress's fault, John. It ju- and it just fo- it just happens to follow. I'm sick of fall. your right wing <laughs> propaganda. It just happens. Brandizing World War One. No, we're calling it World War Wonder Woman now. <laughs> uh, but the, it fell on the same the same night that Agent oh. Carter would air. So instead of having a one week gap, they just decided to push it back from. Um, Why two weeks though? Like it's a one week gap. Because of episode one and two, I think to keep people watching the show, right, but I don't think it had a, a super strong following last year, mm-hmm. but it had enough and they wanted to keep doing it. So instead of having that episode where somebody can turn it off because they're not going to view it and yeah. just go, oh, hey, this show airs then, mm-hmm. you know. I, I still, okay, so I think State of the Union is happening which was going to be premiere week, right? 
No, it, would, oh, it was going to be week two. Okay, and that's why they're pushing it back two weeks. I got you now. Okay. Yeah. You got to uh, fight I, me on everything today. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I just wasn't understanding things. I'm sorry. I just wasn't getting it. Okay, so it's going to be during episode two. I'm looking forward to Agent Carter season two. I I like the first one a lot. Uh, right now, like I've always just been kind of like a casual TV watcher. Like I'll watch things whenever I kind of get around to it. But since I've been working a lot, TV's kind of been how I unwind. Mm-hmm. So like I always like getting home and seeing that. Oh, I have a new episode of Flash DVR or like Arrow. And now that everything I watched actually has hit that mid season finale, I'm like, oh crap! What am I going to do with my nights? Because coming up, I only have Agent Carter, and then thank God Galavant's coming back because <laughs> I, I need I need something, and I'm glad that they decided to bring that one back for like a few more episodes. But I, I've got really nothing else that I'm watching right now. Then, well, it is you know winter break for most TV shows. They're going into it this week or next week for their uh, you know it's and and it's kind of funny because they're now actually referring to them. Again, I'm watching. I was watching football today, so I actually got to see commercials, you know, live. And they're like, for the winter season finale of Catch, the winter season finale of the uh, Agents of Shield. Catch, Supergirls, yeah. winter finale. I'm like, what? what's a winter finale? And I'm like, oh right, they go on. You know what? You just you just reminded me that I started watching Supergirl because I can get that on demand for free, Mm -hmm. and I needed something to watch, so I started catching up on Supergirl because it's there. The the thing that makes me want to catch up on that is the fact that they're bringing in Martian Manhunter onto it. Yeah, that that's what drove me too because I saw like the screenshot and I was like, oh, okay. That that's the trap that I I fell in with Smallville again. That's yeah, a, I, that's when I went back to Smallville for a little while there because I'm like, wait, Martian Manhunter's on it? Okay, well, mm. oh yeah, yeah, they're leaving Oreo cookies for him and everything. Cool. And I'm like, this is not good. This is still isn't good. Well, an- another show that I'm really looking forward to coming out for Marvel is actually going to be the Netflix only Iron Fist. Oh. And we just found out who our showrunner is going to be for that, and it's Mr. Scott Buck, who worked over on Dexter, which I never watched. Cool. So. I throw it over to you guys because you like Dexter, right? Yeah, I watched Dexter. Um, he also worked on the HBO series um, um, Six Feet Under. Oh, see, I never watched that one either, but I heard good things. Yeah, uh, and um, which makes me think that, uh-oh, is the guy that played Dexter going to come on and play Danny Rand or be one of the villains on that? Because that's the actor that links both of those shows with the showrunner. Hmm. Um, I also did some episodes of Rome, and I liked Rome. Oh, those. Rome was great, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who was in that? Everybody. <laughs> the, the the 13th Legion? Was Phil Lamar in it? No. Yes. <laughs> Everyone was in it. Paul said so. <laughs> so you're going to disagree Titus. with everything I say? I'm going to agree with everything that you say. <laughs> Titus. Titus, uh, Titus Polo. Yeah, Titus Polo. I don't know who plays that guy, but he's awesome. Uh What's his name? He was um, the Punisher in the second Punisher movie. And um, Stevens. Something Stevens. Oh, what's his? Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson. Thank you. Uh, He's also. um, What's his name in uh, Thor? The the guy that eats everything. Heimdall. No. Not Heimdall. He's the guy that can see everything. That's that's Um, Idris Elba. Who yeah. I, we didn't talk about this for the show, uh, pre-show even, stuff. But Idris okay. Elba being thrown around for appearing in the Stephen King Dark Tower series. Cool. Oh, that'd be good. I, I still think he should be the next Double uh, O Seven. Yeah. I don't think he wants to do that. No. Well, he's I, I think he, like I saw it like a. It was like one of those clickbait things. Like Idris Elba doesn't want to be Bond because of this, and I think it's because like he likes doing Luther so much that like he feels like that's his James Bond. Then also, he, he I think uh, in one of the interviews, he says that he's getting to, you know, if they asked him 10 years ago, he felt like he was young enough to do it. Yeah. Because he wants to do all that cool action stuff for that movie. Like, he wanted to bring it, and now he's, like, a little old now. Like, uh, well, yeah, also he got really pissed um, in, like, Thor 2 because he had to do that string work, and he was, like, just hung by his nuts for all that time. Oh, and he's just like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> um but yeah, anyways, this is great for me who in the last year there's been so much speculation that they weren't going to do the Iron Fist mm-hmm. show. 
And that's one of the... It was going to be a movie. Well, they were throwing all that stuff out there. So I'm so happy that they got a showrunner that this is going to happen, because I just want to see Iron Fist Mm -hmm. on on the screen, big or small. Um, So this is one more step closer to that happening, and I'm happy about it. You know, uh, talking about things people wanted to see for a long time... uh, Two weeks ago, two weekends ago, we got to see the first uh, real trailer and gameplay footage from Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm. You guys oh, that's true. Um, looks really cool. And then this weekend, we got even some more news about Final Fantasy Remake. It's not going to be one game. It's going to be episodic. It's going to come out in parts, uh, much like how Final Fantasy XIII, Lightning, Lightning Returns, and all that has happened. Uh, they're going to be doing kind of the same treatment for Final Fantasy VII, a game that came out uh, on four different or three different playdisks for the PS1 era. Uh, they they said you know redesigning it and doing it all from the ground up uh, on the new systems. It's just too big, too massive, and therefore it has to be a bunch of different games. Uh, I don't know. I did not see any word on how many different games it will be, but. It will be uh, split into multiple games. So, if you were hoping to go out and just play through Final Fantasy VII all at once, doesn't look like it's going to be happening. Uh, now, is this going to is this going to be just like you pay one time and then you just continue to download them, or do you going to have to like buy a? Well, if it's like Final Fantasy XIII, where it's it's three different games, all where you have to buy them individually. I'm trying to think like. If they were to do it that way, like have each one almost be here's an endpoint, and then the next game comes out like a month later or whatever, how they'd be able to break up Final Fantasy VII like that? Um, well, same with uh, when you first leave Midgard, that would be the first one, when you first <clears throat> exit Midgard, and then uh, the second one would be end at Ares or uh, spoilers. Ares's death. That's that's what I was thinking uh-huh. for one of them, yeah. And then the third would be the final. Final confrontation. I'm I'm strangely more okay with this now than I think I would have been like a few years ago because I do enjoy that kind of more, if you want to call it like serialized gameplay or sequel gameplay, episodic gameplay, because I don't have a lot of time to sit down and just dedicate to just playing a game like straight through like I used to. I still haven't even finished Watch Dogs, and that's a game that I actually really enjoyed. Um, it's still just sitting there on my stack of shame because I haven't gotten to it yet. There's still Telltale games that I loved that I started downloading, but I haven't finished yet. Um, the Fables game, haven't mm-hmm. finished that. I got the first part of the uh, Game of Thrones game, haven't even played that one yet. I played the first part of the uh, Tales from the Borderlands game, loved it, haven't downloaded the rest of it yet. But I like the fact that I can sit down, I can play part of it, and then get to that ending point and be like, Oh, okay, like, I'm done with that. Oh my god, Walking Dead, I haven't even played the first part of Season 2 yet. Holy crap, I just forgot about that one, too. Uh, so, clearly, I don't have the time, but I, I still want to consider myself a gamer. Right, right. So, uh, uh, I'm, I'm okay with them doing that. And that also ties into the other part of news that I have. Is I know, the, that's what I did it that way. The <laughs> Batman, I mean, you are on point with voices and just, let, you, you're setting the table for us. He's just going. You're, you're well, on. I, I did have two beers before we started recording, <laughs> too. That's why I was like, uh, I, I could do one or two today. So, you know, <laughs> you know that you, you're going to be doing reviews of beers with us. And then, and then you just pregame, it's and then you're season, like, man. "How many?" Him. And then, but then he's, then he's like, "How many beers do you guys got? Three? Okay, I can do that." Like it's like, "Well, if you guys come to the table with more than that, mm. <laughs> well, because I didn't know this mistletoe is going to be eight point five percent." And I'm sorry when I went to um, Total Wine to get beer for the show, they had all of their like pumpkin, like pumpkin beers, like. Everything that's kind of more like that October seasonal was on sale because they're trying to clear it off the shelves. So I got a four pack of pumpkin for five ninety nine. Wow, that's good. So yeah, my initial thought was like, oh, I can sit there, like I can age this, like wonderful, like that's a great buy-in price. And then after I got home with it, I was like, well, I can drink one and then still have three more sitting there. 
Yeah. So uh, that's where I'm at now. So we are going to get a Telltale um, Batman game, which will be coming out next year, which of all the games that they've put out, this one interests me the most because I really feel it's going to be you more being a detective in the Batman world, Um, which I really would love because I've seen what they've done in the passion and focus that they put into their other games that this is going to be a great Batman game and I'm excited for it mm-hmm. more than any of the other games that they've done. And a big part of what Telltale does is when you're going through those game scenes it's kind of looking around in the background for that item that you can highlight and then once you highlight it selecting like oh look at investigate pick up interact with and the closest we've gotten to that is in the Arkham games where you go into detective mode and it kind of just like flashes what you need to look at. Um, which doesn't even feel like real detective work because it's basically just showing you like you don't really interact with anything. Uh, so I, I think Batman lends itself well to what Telltale's kind of done. I, I don't know what to expect from this though, really besides just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, because um, I haven't played any of the Telltale games. I own The Walking mm. Dead because I heard good things about it, and then I just like uh, I just haven't got myself to go around to play it because it's one of those interactive fiction kind of games, you know? It's the new adventure game style where I'm just not that interested in that style of game anymore. But Paul, you you love Mass Effect. I do, but this is more point-and-click adventure, right? Like, than anything else. Mass Effect and at least breaks up with some action scenes. and th- There's uh, still action scenes in it. Like, you have, like... It's more through quick-time events than yeah. anything else. But, I mean, if you're a fan of Tomb Raider, you you had that. Like, I mean, a lot of that game was just sneaking around and, like, platform puzzle-solving, but then there's, like, those quick-time action events that just kind of, like, throw you in it and get that adrenaline pumping. Um... And Walking Dead was great for those. Like, there's a lot of times in Walking Dead where I was just like, oh crap, like, I really dropped the ball on that, but like, I was excited to do it again. I gotcha. Cool. Well, no, uh, I, I, th- I think it's cool that Telltale is actually almost moving up mm-hmm. when it comes to doing their licensed games. Well, because have- it was like when they did the Back to the Future one, that was mm-hmm. huge. And then Jurassic Park. And then. And then Tales uh, of the Borderlands, and then Walking Dead. Like, then, Fables and Walking oh, Dead. Fables, uh, Walking Dead. Game of Thrones. Yeah. They've done a now, lot. Now, Batman. Batman is just like, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Who's the writer? Who's going to be the main writer? Like, Because, you know, the thing that I love about the, you know, Arkham uh, games is it's Paul Dini, and it feels like it's, it feels like the grown-up version of the old Batman animated series. Like, it, I, I feel like, oh. I can watch one of those DVD, you know, one of my DVDs from the animated series, play some Arkham, and I feel like it's the same universe. Do you see Paul Dini's coming back to Batman? Uh, yeah. yeah. To write again? Yeah. Is he doing, like, a Christmas special? Because that would be great. Yeah. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, no, I just saw that he's going to be returning to Batman. Oh, gotta, I'm going to have to get that. No, I'm, I'm not seeing who actually is writing this, but usually they just kind of have, like, in-house writers... Handling the stories. Because also uh, with them, with, you know, unlike the other uh, things that we've mentioned, they are all limited and contained stories. Batman, you can go anywhere with. Like, it's, like, you could, you know, anything could fit into a Batman universe game. Because he's done everything. It could be from the anime uh, series, it could be from the comic books, it could be from the movies, it could be from other video games themselves, like... It's, I have to say, I really like the Tales from the Borderlands one because it's a heist film. Ooh, I might have to look at that. So, like, you're playing it from, like, two different perspectives at different points. Um, yeah, I'm try- I just actually Googled Batman Telltale Games writer, and so far nothing's coming up. That's okay. You know who's writing uh, Batman over in comic books? Scott. I hear Paul Dini. Yeah, and uh, Paul Dini's coming back. And that's something to look, look forward to, but, you know... I'm looking forward to books coming out this very Wednesday. So maybe you guys are too. I don't know. 
How about it, guys? Are you looking forward to Gundam comic books coming out this very Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah? Like what? Um, there's really not a lot coming out this week, but I, I did realize that I am going to be getting mm, the sixth, the fifth issue that I haven't read of the Batman Eternal uh, number 11. I think we read up to five. So I got five. I've been saving these up to read in small bundles, like trades. So I'm looking forward to getting this so I can get back into reading Batman Eternal. And that's my pick. That's your pick. Quick and easy. One and done. <laughs> no, that's a good pick. Um, I I haven't had a chance to sit down and buy comic books, let alone even read comic books recently. So I kind of have like a nice stack going of things that I really am looking forward to going back and checking out. Um, and this kind of ties into that because I think I picked this a couple of weeks ago, but... This is actually part of the Robin War story arc that's going on, um, and this is We Are Robin number seven. Um, I love Robins. I haven't been the best comic book fan recently with not keeping up on my books, but the fact that all of the Robins and all the Robin titles are kind of crossing over now makes me really want to sit down and go through all these. So that's going to be something that's kind of on the top of my stack once I get back into it alongside... Uh, the new Daredevil book came out, and then um, the like last two or three issues of Doctor Strange. I don't know which one they're on now. I think three just came mm-hmm. out. Yeah, there's that. And then there was something else coming out recently that I was like, oh, man, i got to check that out. Oh, was it uh, The Uncanny Inhumans? No. Actually, it was something for Marvel, but I don't think it was that one. Oh, uh, no. We was read the first one. Uncanny Inhumans, was that the one with Crystal? Uh, well, it was kind of like the setup for the other, the two, uh, Inhuman books. One, Uncanny Inhumans, and then All New, uh, Inhumans is the, uh, is the other one, the other book come out. And they both come out the same week. The one I'm more looking forward to is, of course, Uncanny Inhumans, because that features the, uh, the intrigue and politics behind Black Bolt and, uh, and going up against Kang, and also, uh, Black Bolt versus a Human Torch. No hold bar, no hold bar fight. Or uh, for the love of their lives, Medusa. So it's, it's going to be fun. Charles Soule is writing it, and McNiven on art. So that means nothing. I know you guys didn't like it, but I'm enjoying it. So I can't believe you stayed on it. Let's to only, be honest. Well, it's only three issues in, and normally when we give a book a try, we give it the old four issue try. Yeah, I just I went through the Marvel Polis and. There's books I'm looking forward to, but nothing that's like crazy out there. Like, oh yeah, this was the one. So, I think maybe I'm just looking forward to whenever that Haunted Mansion book comes out because they announced that recently. Yes, they're doing another Haunted Mansion book from Disney Kingdoms. That'll be good. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this on this show, so kind of have to hold you to it. Uh, that's something I'm gonna want to talk about over on my other show, uh, Parks and Rec. So we'll have to read that one. Okay. Yeah, I think we would probably do it anyways, and then uh, we can cross-pollinate we'll, yeah, our listeners. Do that. Um, and I'm sorry, uh, you guys need to come back so you can go on the new planet in Star Tours, because it's awesome, and then so, see the uh, Star Wars launch bay, because that's really cool, too. Yeah, well, as soon as that whole Star Wars, is it all done? It's not all done. No, um, basically they've opened the first portion of that. With the Star Wars launch bay, it's kind of like an exhibit area where they have different props and like concept and art stuff from the uh, the Star Wars movies that you can kind of go look at. You can meet Darth Vader or Chewbacca. I, hear uh, I got to meet Chewbacca the other day. And I see that you're the same size as him. Yep. Awesome for me. He's, um, he's Wookiee height. But it, it's actually like really cool, and just seeing that stuff kind of made me more pumped because it's a little bit more tactile than just watching movie trailers or reading like fan speculation articles online. Uh, and then the new plan for Star Tours is actually awesome. They take you to Jakku. Ooh. So at first I was like, oh, it's another desert planet, because I'm sick of seeing Tatooine all the time. But mm-hmm. uh, it's really good. Talking about uh, new parks opening up, did you see that uh, Ivana Lynch announced or helped announce the uh, Harry Potter world is coming to Universal Studios Hollywood? I did see that. Um uh, I only saw that because I have a Google alert set for... Uh, Whenever a lot of lynch comes yeah. up, right? Yeah. You know, why not? Uh, why not, indeed? 
She's no, that, that's something that's awesome. Um, I mean, Universal's definitely benefited heavily from Harry Potter coming into their parks. Um, so much so that they've created the annual like celebration of Harry Potter every January. They have kind of like an event that takes place over at Islands of Adventure, um, where they actually have stars from the movies come out, and then they do different like like um, not meet and greets so much, but they have like panels where they have the actors from the movies like doing Q and A. Um, last year they had the person that was actually responsible for the wand combat, um, give like a class on like how to like duel. Um, so it's a lot of cool stuff. And this year, like they have Rupert Grint's coming. Ivana Lynch has been there like every year. Um, the guy that plays Dumbledore has been there every year. Uh, I'm excited to actually have a chance to go to see some of that stuff this year. So well, that'll be fun. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. Might might wear my Ravenclaw robes in public finally. Ooh. Not just around the house or in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the bedroom is where oh. the magic happens. Yes, cat noises. Uh did everyone give their book? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's time for the time for your baby. Introduce. Uh no, it's time oh. to do the second beer, because we oh. should have done it before that. I've been pushing I've been pushing this episode. Uh, mm. What we have here, Chris, because I know you're interested, is the 21st Amendment Brewery, who, we, who we've come to love the, over this past year. One of my favorite uh, breweries from 2015. Can't find them in Florida, too. I'd say 2014. Oh, was it 2014? 2014. Because it's hella high watermelon that we started drinking it. That's that well, no, it it was the um, the back in black, that black. That's what got me to. Okay. Go over to that dark side, mm-hmm. and that was we started drinking that before Chris left for oh, Michigan. You're right, so it was 2000. Yeah, because we tried like I think it was like three or four of them at once, but we couldn't get the hell or high watermelon. Like it was sold out or something. Yeah. Now I got to go through my whole list of favorite uh, new breweries uh, from 2015 and redo the whole uh, uh, whole bracket there. But okay. uh, well, is that something we want to do for whenever we do our look back? Because that's something that we've never done, but I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like we're going to really talk about video games this year. Because <laughs> yeah, Witcher three. Uh, John can talk about Witcher. I, I've been talking about it for the last year. Yeah, so uh, we could drop that and just focus on. Yeah, you know, no, that's smart because agreed. All right, so Twenty First Amendment Brewery brought us a toaster pastry Indian style red ale. Uh, 7.6 half held by volume, and it says that the, uh, this is an homage. It's not. Don't don't expect, you know, just to taste like a, a toaster strudel uh, coming out of the, out of this glass. But it's made with biscuit malts to give it that nutty crust-like flavor, and then uh, the dark crystal malts to give it like a strawberry jam flavor, also. Um, and then some big hops to give you that nice. IPA. IPA. Uh, this is very good IPA. I had this about two months ago, mm-hmm. um, and I, I gave it a like three point seven on uh, three point seven five on a tap. With uh, what I'm having now, I'd give it just a three. So yeah. that little bit of time took away like that extra like oomph from the spear. Um, still very good. Yeah. Uh, you don't really get those flavors. You get a little kind of a toasted, but it's really just a good yeah, uh, red IPA. Oh, yeah, I kind of want to take a uh, black Sharpie and just cross out toaster pastry and just like highlight and circle and point arrows to Indian-style red ale. Because if you're just going in looking for a good Indian-style red ale... This is it. This It's good, yeah. Redonkulous. Redonkulous oh, yeah. is better. Well, That's, yeah, it's Founders. If it's <laughs> Founders. It's, it's better than this. I know. You, you but missed me point. putting my hands up and just shaking my head like the hey, founders. Uh, they they do have that at Total Wine right now, so I was thinking about just grabbing a bottle of that to have just to mm-hmm. just to drink. But I thought like, no, I should get something different because um, they have that in Blushing Monk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would go with the ridiculous. Oh yeah, but Blushing Monk was still really good. I mean, more desserty than anything else. But. And what was the price of uh, Ridiculous again? Eleven ninety nine. Eleven or thirteen, I think. Eleven. I I, I want to say it was like eleven ninety nine when I saw it here. I when I bought it back in. No, because I bought it when I was in Florida before I, because it came out right after I moved from Michigan. Yeah, yeah. So 
the thing is, with this toasted pastry, uh, bought it for this tall boy bottle or tall boy can, you know, just over a pint's worth. Uh, it was five forty nine, so you know it's wow. it's it's steep. It's a steep uh, price point, I think, for what this is, versus getting that really good Imperial Red IPA. Um, ridiculous. I was when you pulled this out, I was excited for it because I'd had it and I really loved it, and it's just that thing that time. Time takes away. Yeah, but it's in a can. It's supposed to be even better. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, you're still... You block out all the light. There's no air. Hey, I don't know what to tell you, but I had this I had this two months ago and was like, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, everything that uh, John has is more amazing <laughs> than when he has it with me. It kind of lessens. That's not true, because other things that we've aged and drank together yeah. are amazing. That's true. Um, no, so, I mean, I still think this is a really good, this isn't your, like, Redonculus is a red ale in its own, mm-hmm. um, but just like a red ale, a red IPA, mm-hmm. I think this is definitely top five, and this is after, yeah. you know, it's lost some of its luster. It's still okay. a good IPA, yeah. or a good red IPA. Mm-hmm. I'll agree. It's just... Yeah, you're, you went in expecting more. Yeah, I was expecting those strawberry jam notes, some you know, some yeah. of that, you know, on the back end, and, I'm and not those things, that those things yeah. kind of lost it, but it still stayed steady as a nice red IPA. Yeah, especially since, you know, with the Heller High Watermelon, they proved that they can give me a nice fruit flavor on a beer. Yeah, I would agree. I went back and I had those he said she says that mm-hmm. we enjoyed. Last year, yeah, just one of them though, the Baltic yeah, Porter. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Yeah, that was, that was on uh, one of the Nut episodes. You guys talked about Mutant X or something too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I picked up both of them because I couldn't remember which one I liked, and I didn't like either one of them. <sighs> but again, I was like, you know what? These are a little past their prime. They've put mm. these have probably been out since like September, so I'll give it that that I didn't like them. I like the Fireside Chat that's out right now from twenty yeah. first. That Monk's Blood. I really like oh, that yeah. Monk's Blood, too. They've got strong beers, and, you know, it's, oh, we, we have the bar raised pretty high for 21st Amendment, unlike Flying Bison, where, like, we, we kind of... We're waiting for them to surprise us yeah, every time. We, we and they did it the with the Herc. They did it with that Down by the River. Uh, I couldn't tell you the last time. The last time I had an Aviator Red was probably with you, mm-hmm. Paul, so... Yeah. So, uh, Chris... Yes. What are you drinking? I was about to just ask the listeners and be like, listeners, <laughs> what are you drinking? Well, I, I think we're all in agreement that we like the left-hand nitro milk stout, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's good. It's nice. It's got that nice sweet malt on it, nice deep flavor to it. Uh, now imagine adding coffee to that. Ooh. I like it. A nice dark coffee. Because I have the left-hand brewing bittersweet, an imperial coffee milk stout. Ooh. Um, this is something that I didn't know existed until I saw it stashed behind another bottle on the shelf when I was at uh, Total Wine today. And, and I was like, I recognize that red hand. I don't recognize that beer, though. Um, this is fantastic. It starts off with a nice, really good coffee, like, bitter just straight up black dark roast coffee, and then it soothes into a nice um, sweet milk stout. I I think this might be one of my new favorite beers ever. Wow! All right, I'm gonna have to go get that. What is it called it's, again? It's called Bittersweet. It it looks just like every other uh, left hand brewing, where it's like a painted logo. It's like really swirly, but wow. Um, it's left hand, and then they brew the beer with Allegro Coffee, uh, their exotic mocha java blend. Ooh. Um, I made a note. It, seriously, like, find this. This is fantastic. If you like dark beers, if you like milk stouts, if you like, like, coffee stouts, go find this. If you just like anything that's delicious, hey, left hand's bittersweet. Go get it. Right. I, I was going to drink half of this because, like, <clears throat> I, I do have to go to work in a few hours. 
But now I'm like, uh, I could just finish this bottle and then not drink the other one that I have. Yeah, yeah, I would do that. <laughs> so, manage, so that's going to happen probably. Manage some self-control. <laughs> Until I finish this bottle and then you guys are on to your next beer. And I'm like, oh, I got one too. <laughs> this one's bourbon-aged. Oh. It's the that. one that I texted you about the other day, John. I can't remember. Oh, what okay. I would say sometimes, especially like when you're at a party or something and people are like, oh, this is really good. And you're like, here, take a sip of it. And you're already past that point. You're like, I'm not going to remember any of this, like how this tastes. Like my palate is garbage right now because I, you know, I've just been chucking. I've been drinking. That's true. So, you know, don't spoil that. Don't spoil it, man. Yeah, save it for next week. Save it for next week. And we'll, because Paul and I have the... um, yeah, the uh, clown shoes. The clown shoes one. So we'll we'll do those two together. Okay. Yeah. Right I'll now, try. We need to get into the dramatic reading. And now, the Magnum Boardcast presents a dramatic reading of Harley Quinn Holiday Special, Volume 1, Page 23, Panel 2. Oh, no, I have to find the page again. It's reloading. Crap. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go rinse my glass. Will you yeah, take, take a time? pause. All right. Hey, it's Lily's parents. What? What are you doing? Looking for this old man's cock. Clock. And that was a dramatic <laughs> reading from Harley Quinn Holiday Special, Volume One, Page Twenty Three, Panel Two. I gotta see that picture that Chris just read. Where can I find that too, Chris? You can find that over on the Bagnaboard. Uh, <laughs> Website bangboard.com the show notes for this episode. It's uh, I, last time I hey, had reading, reading the book or that page or panel out of context, I, I don't know what's going on, so I made I made some liberties with it. <laughs> it's Harley Quinn being very confused about uh, being under uh, old man's covers uh, by father his time <laughs> and baby. I did not get that that was father time. So, no, that isn't Father Time. His last name just happens to be Time, not spelled the same way. And, you know... Is this spelled like the herb? Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than li- more than likely. I don't remember. Have you guys tried this beer? It's bittersweet from Left Hand Brewing. <laughs> so good. So good. Have we 8.9%. Tried to... Woo! It's mistletoe, 8.5%. Woo! Pumpkin. And then I had something from Sweetwater Brewing. Ooh. Some bullshit IPA. <laughs> Probably like five. I don't know. You know what we're reading, though, right now? Or we have read and we're reviewing right now. Spread, that, not the spread, not the spread, but spread by Justin Jordan and uh, Kyle Stretham um, from it's all about gambling. Is this image? <laughs> from image? It's from Image. Uh, this book is John Carpenter's The Thing mixed with Mad Max. Okay. Um, I was gonna say this is Saga mixed with some horror. Thing that uh, I yeah. can't think of. The, narr- the narrative in this story is the same as Saga told from the baby who is... The magic the, baby. The magic baby. Uh, Which is an actual archetype, because I looked at... Is it really? Well, it's uh, Wonder Baby, Magic Baby, you know, it, it's referred to different ways, but I'm like, man, I see this in fiction a lot, and basically that's <clears> all <throat> I got out of this book, so I started looking up, like... Well, I'll now I'm confused because I feel like I need to refer to it as World War Wonder Magic Baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just keeps getting bigger. Uh, just because. That baby. I'm like, it's Christmas time. I'm like, Jesus is a magic baby. You know, and here we, we're introduced to a magic baby. Right, John? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, this book is, you know, Lone Wolf and Cub apocalyptic, what have you, every kind of thing you could tie in to this, you, they've done it. Um, but this is a world where this thing called the spread has happened. It's a lot like the thing from John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, it's hiding under snow. It's okay. killing everyone. It can be giant monsters. It can be small monsters. It can be creepy crawly things. Uh, and they've they've made a new turn where they're actually can kind of hide in human shells and yeah. then erupts out of it. Um, and it follows a character who's given the name No by the baby, mm-hmm. uh, who's kind of this guy who's better at killing everyone else than anyone else. And he's also 
immune to the infection of the spread. <clears throat> yeah, which I think most of the people are at that this are still point, alive. That yeah. are still alive. Um, he finds this baby. He ends up finding um, this woman who also is immune, who's been driven crazy. At the same time, there's this evil gang leader who's now found out about the baby and found out about this guy who killed some of his men to protect the baby. He's after no. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go to a border, you know, a trading post kind of small town where shit gets yeah, crazy. Out of hand. And yeah. Oh, baby, baby. A lot about the baby. Can't save that baby. Gotta save that baby. Gotta save the baby. Uh, because the baby's tears um, and possibly saliva, and doesn't she vomit? Just pretty much anything from the baby. Yeah. Uh, kills the spread completely okay. and utterly. Um, Dissolves it. Yeah. yeah. So the spread is after her, and once her dead, no realize that he needs to protect her, as well as some other people who realize what this baby can do yeah. and that this is their way out of this life. Um, so do we want to talk about our next beer? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, it's a it's interesting book, but it's, it is that narrative. It is uh, a baby brings hope. Yeah. And you that's know. why the baby's name is hope. Yep. Well, that's why they call it hope, even though she says in the thing that that wasn't the name that my mother gave me originally, but that is what I've been come to be known as. And it's, and it's archetypal, you know, and I'm like, man, this seems... This seems like it's redundant. I, I feel like I've read this before in a lot of different fiction, and it's because I have. <laughs> and it's, but now we've got these crazy beasts that are reminiscent to me from um, Yannick Paquette's work, and um, oh, who was doing the red? Who was doing Animal Man? Uh, um, oh, uh, Andrea Sorrentino. Uh, no. Uh, F- well, Sorrentino, yeah, yeah. Animal Man, I think, was Sorrentino at first, and then they switched. I don't think so. See, I didn't follow that book. I think I Sorrentino know was American, yeah. or um, was, um, Vampire Eye. Vampire. But, um, yeah, I can't remember. I'm sorry, I guess. <clears throat> it's okay. But, uh, volume two, nope. Okay. Anyways, but, you know, with this red, gross, you know, just flesh monsters, just... Which becomes just gross. Yeah, it just looks like lots of meat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like anything. It's just like a series of squiggly lines all meshed together. And then the colorist is like, what am I supposed to do with this series of squiggly lines? And I'll make it all red. Yep. Make it red. And But make the teeth thingies white. What's, what part or is yellow. the yellow? What part are the teeth thingies? I don't know. Just throw in some yellowish white every so often and we'll call that teeth. And that's it. You know? And I'm like, ugh. You know? It's off-putting to me. But it's what it is. And so I, I'm not a huge fan, but uh, it's okay. It's it's what it was, you know. It 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 is what it is. Travel Foreman is who I was looking for. Um, oh, oh yeah. I didn't I didn't not like this book. I don't think it's a bad book. It definitely is reminiscent of everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something like Justin Jordan was like, I like all this stuff. I'm going to put it in my in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely what it feels like. What? Paul just dropped his headphones off his head. I had an itchy ear that I needed to scratch. It was enough that it paused the show. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Hey, drinking. We're drinking. A day after drinking. You're drinking. And we are drinking Dark Horse Breweries out of uh, Michigan's. Four Elf. This is their Winter Warmer Spiced Ale. 8.75%. Uh, goes down very smooth. You get those cinnamon, nutmeg spices. I get like a piney. It tastes like pine. Do you get pine? I get the dark. I get a richness, a cinnamon richness. I get dark fruits. I'm not getting pine. Like that aftertaste. Okay. Let, I shouldn't have taken... You should have been like, no, Paul. Right now, do you have it? Here, do you need another sip? No, I just had a sip. Um, okay, I can almost get there. I get like a little pine now, like on the appetite. But that's because you kind of like I mind that, me. I put that you magic put, in your head. Put, put that in my head. <laughs> it, was in my, it was in my head. I tasted um, pine. That Ravenclaw bedroom magic that you just put in my head. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> there you go. There I went. I, yep. uh, for winter beers, especially something from Dark Horse, Dark Horse is really hit or miss with me. Some of their stuff, I'm like, okay, wow, that's really good. Mm-hmm. It's not a brewery I constantly go back to, or the stuff that I've enjoyed from them I go back to. Um, but this is definitely up there for me in winter beers. I'd say this is probably in the top three, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, maybe top five. But this is really good. This is exactly what I want out of a winter beer. Yeah, it is good. I, I'm uh, I'm pleasantly surprised by this, much like you are, because Dark Horse is one of the ones that, just like you said, some are really good, some are really, you know, aren't anything special. And also, it's one brewery that I can only get at the one store, you know, up at Premier. Yeah. So, it's it's harder to find. It's not something that I'm just going to be out and about and find, you know, and get their newest uh, craft beer. So, I'm willing to try them out because... When, when they're on, they're on like this, and I'm like, I'm glad I got it. It's not like one of the ones where, oh, okay, it's okay, it's good, where I would just drop them off the map. Yes, I'm talking about you, Flying Bison. You're off my map. I, I feel like Dark Horse is really hit or miss, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everything. And I feel like a lot of their stuff doesn't... I like their Crooked Tree IPA. But it doesn't travel well. Mm-hmm. We've had it, like, on when it's on tap, it's okay. dynamite. And... I can't remember. We like their brown ale and we like their raspberry. And that was out of a six pack. You had bought like a six pack of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And those were the I just only ones. One of each. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that nut brown and that raspberry, the only things that. Mm-hmm. And four elf. And four elf. Those the only good, things you know. that really got me that I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. For, a good, for a Christmas beer, I, you know, I, I'm putting it up there. It's top five Christmas beers right now for me. I think, like, right now, I would probably drink another one of these before, like, uh, Southern Tier 2X-Mess or mm-hmm. even um, Great Lakes. Yeah. Because I've had those, yeah. and I've had and also, them for years. That's, uh, But that's still, like, a pretty glowing recommendation because we love those beers. Like, those yeah. have been our go-to Christmas beers. But like, the past, Lake, what, like, three years now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great Lakes doesn't have that More rich, longer than that. dark fruit flavor. That, yeah. that I'm looking for dried plums. Probably. Yeah, neither one of them are that dark beer. This is that dark Christmas beer. Yeah, and that's what I look for when I'm thinking Christmas flavors. I'm thinking of sugar plums dancing in my heads. You know, Greg made out that great uh, sugar plums last year. Oh yeah, for Those the yeah so for the good. holiday party. Mm-hmm. Loved them. They were good. Chris, what are you drinking? Did you, you already talk about yours? Yeah, I, um, my I, had, I had the bittersweet. Know. We talked about... Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm holding off. Like I did this when we did our second beer, and then we were talking about Spread mm-hmm. from Image Comics. And now, what did you think about Spread? I know John and I talked about it quite a bit. Like, what's your feelings? Uh, what's your thoughts? Converse. It's. I was trying to prepare for this moment, but I couldn't because... It's a book that I read and I enjoyed, but I didn't necessarily want to keep reading it. But at the end of it, I was like, okay, like it was a more sci-fi horror uh, version of Saga that just didn't have the personality. I would agree to that. Like Saga, just it, it has so much heart to it that just it it brought me in and I cared. Even though I have like nothing really invested in any of the characters, I cared a lot, and this kind of hits a lot of those same notes that it, Saga does. But it just it doesn't deliver. But it's more like popcorn reading. Yeah, like it's there, it's filling. You just don't get anything from it. Uh, this book, and I said it like in the beginning, like this just kind of fills those niche of those movies that I love, like Mad Max. Like John Carpenter's the thing. Even like Evil Dead, it has like these gives me these feelings of it. Like when the big fat guy is killing everyone with uh, the um, butcher uh, for chopping. Wow, the cleaver. The cleavers. Thank you. Like it. Uh, like those moments. Like just make me think of these movies that I love. And so I like. I think I like it. Not that it isn't a bad. It isn't bad. But it, I think I like it like a little bit more because it's like, oh, this is from that. This is from that. I see this, and it makes me think of that. Like I, I didn't mind the story of it, 
my biggest complaint probably would have been the artwork. Yeah. But then since we read this in trade paperback format, um, you do have a forward actually written by the artist Kevin Kyle. Kyle, I think. Kyle Stratham. Where he talks about just where he came from as an artist, where he grew up loving just like horror movies and just like the over the top grossness of it. And that's kind of what he tried to emulate with his artwork because that's what he likes to draw. Um, so you can kind of see that. And I think if I hadn't read that, I would just view the book differently. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to say that. And I don't know how else to really kind of sell my thoughts on that. Um, because when you see the art, you think one way about it, but knowing what went into it and just more what the artist appreciates, you kind of take away something else from it. Yeah. Um, I bought the first issue of this, and I read it, and you know, I was like, okay, I'm not going to continue to buy it um, in issues. I picked this up um, when it was on sale. And I would buy volume two on sale. Right. I wouldn't pay full price for it, but I would buy it and I I would enjoy reading it. And I had picked this up a while ago. I think maybe four or five, six months ago. Mm-hmm. And to do it for dramatic reading was to get me to to read. Okay. Or do it for uh, or for yeah the monthly for yeah. the trade and um, policy. Trade and policy. And that was to get me to finish reading this because I had read first issue and I wanted to finish reading it, but it was nothing I was kicking down the doors to do. Mm-hmm. So I finally picked it to read it. Right. And I'd read the second volume, which is out, and uh, on the cover is Hope Grown Up a little bit more. Okay. Um, so I'm looking forward to continuing the story, but it's nothing that I would buy full price. Okay, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, it's it's a book I would read more as like a counterpoint to something like Saga that I wouldn't expect as much from. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, Identity Crisis meets Identity Disc back when that was happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when uh, there's, there's a bunch of different storylines that are similar in, in comic books, but different. they're filling two different niches, really. So yeah, I can understand. Yeah, and this is filling that horror comic book feel that I like. And you don't get those horror comic books often and that are good. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say we get horror comic books. I mean, we've talked about a, a lot of them, mm-hmm. like just even over the past year. But none of them have any kind of. I'm gonna say it again, like the heart that really draws you in. Yeah. Like, it's more just so, like, on the base, like, hey, here's a cor- horror comic book. Like, it's a murder mystery or Here's a something. corpse. There's it's no alive. depth yeah. to them. Exactly. And I feel like what this does that would kind of keep me reading it or, like, bring me back. If, like, John, if you had said, you know, two months from now, like, oh, you know what? My trade and policy, I want to do spread volume two. Because, th- honestly, that's something we haven't done. We've never gone back to a book. Yeah, read the second volume. I would be like, okay, like I would read this. Now, if you had done something like John Flood Volume Two, <laughs> and I'm I'm just saying that, like, yeah, because that was like the most recent one that we read. That I was like, eh, no, I, I I'd be a little bit more hesitant. Like this had enough to it that made me be like, I would read more. I don't want to. I don't have to, but I could. Yeah, and I won't be picking up volume two till it's on sale. And I just realized I'm a liar because we've totally done second volumes of stuff with like the Earth One books. Yeah, but those are different in some yeah, way. It's are, not like that's the only. It's way not, way an, to get it's that not an ongoing. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what I was getting. I was like, we've never read a book and then like been like, oh, here's arc number two. Yeah. Well, who's uh, whose turn is it next next time? Yours, isn't and, it? Oh, it's mine. Okay. Well, is it is it Paul's or is it mine? I don't remember. The last one what? I did was Avatar. Yeah, yeah oh, so it, it would be me. Because uh, it was Lumberjanes before that. So. Yeah. Yep, so it's back to Chris. Uh, look forward to that in, in coming up in January, and look forward to next week where we'll be bringing you perhaps a uh, very special Christmas episode. 
we like to do this uh, every year, uh, come up with our own, yeah, basically our own take on Christmas specials. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I really want to be in on the writing on this one because I missed that. I, well, what are you doing Tuesday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know offhand. All right. Well, well we're talking about uh, we're going to start it tonight after the podcast and then work on it on, on Tuesday, hopefully finish it on Tuesday. Yep. So Okay. I will. Since we have, like, the basis for it, I will text you some thoughts before I yeah, have to Yeah, definitely. We, we always okay. take those. We did that with uh, one of the other specials. And here's some behind-the-scenes looks at how we write the <laughs> Bagmore Cast Christmas special right now. Oh, I mean, right then. Right happened? when? Yeah, it already happened. <laughs> if you oh, like our go show, for us. Yeah, if you like our show, uh, there's one holiday present that I always enjoy, uh, and that is, of course, ratings and reviews over on the iTunes. Those are small gifts that keep on giving because they help other people find the show. You can also tell, you know, when you go home for the holidays, maybe you know, just go online. Sneak onto your parents' uh, Wi-Fi and just start downloading our episode. You know, just subscribe to our podcast on all of their devices. It's fine, you know? And then at some point, they'll just find it and then start listening and be like, what's this? I uh, never knew I liked comic books. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Spamware? Spam podcast? It doesn't matter. You know, go over to your grandmother's house. You know, grab when she gets a new uh, iPhone for Christmas. Just hurry up and subscribe. <laughs> First thing you should do. Okay, Grandma, let me set up everything for you. Download podcast, <laughs> subscribe. It's all you need. I don't have any memory left. Why? Well, ma'am, you have this podcast. Well, you have Alzheimer's. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Oh. I saw a hole and I went for it. That was Grandma's hole, though. That was horrible. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> You can email us, uh, contact at bagnumboardcast.com and ask any question you want, or individually, Paul, Chris, or John at bagnumboardcast.com. And make sure you like us over on the Facebook. Um, usually whatever news stories we're going to be talking about in the Week in, Week, uh, Week in Geek, we post over there, uh, as well as other stuff that we tend to like or show notes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, self-promotion, make sure you check out my other podcast, Parks and Rec, parksandrec.com. Um we talk about Disney, but Disney-related stuff as well. Our last episode was all about Star Wars, so it was a lot of fun. There we go. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye! Bye! Bye!